Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by the magnificent Mozzie, the best co-host in the land. How you doing? Oh, you make me blush. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, you know, we're all fiending for some sports. Um, I mean, see, the, there was the draft, and then so you had the last dance going on and stuff. I haven't watched that because I don't have like cable, but. Once I, I know they're gonna, I know it's gonna get like put up in more places when it's all done. But I've obviously been keeping up with all the Twitter jokes for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have cable either, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it'll be made available on some streaming service at some yeah. point. I see Netflix yeah, or Hulu will pick it up. Really need some sports, man. I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going I was crazy. told I was told I need to watch uh, QB one and then Last Chance You because actually I haven't watched either yet. I don't know what either of those are. I think. I don't know. I know. I think QB one's on Netflix. I'm not sure if Last Chance U is, but they're both like about sports. Apparently, Jake Fromm's on QB one. So, huh. so our guys there. Beyond the Lights documentary <laughs> Netflix. Okay. Yeah, he's on one of the seasons. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it. I'll give it a watch. It's my yeah. dude. But um, so we have a lot of to kind of we've been ruminating on since the draft. <laughs> um. So many thoughts. Yes. Um, some directly related to the draft, some, you know, kind of post-draft impact, and then kind of looking forward to the season, how we think stuff's going to play out. So we'll start with, I think the one we're most passionate about is uh, the Eagles draft. Um, I don't. I went, I went into them pretty hard last time, but I, you know what? We just, we don't know if it was enough. Was it enough? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, that Jalen Hurts pick was so bad. <laughs> like... The, literally, like, the only reason they're not getting dragged for it is because Nick Foles, like, won a Super Bowl. And, like, what are the fucking odds of that happening? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of different, you know, things that have to come up. You have to have an all-star team, put that together with an all-star quarterback. That gets hurt. That also happens to sort of emulate your yeah. backup in a lot of ways or vice versa. Yeah, it worked <laughs> because the team was really complete aside from the quarterback. And I don't think anyone's going to argue that this iteration of the Eagles are complete. <laughs> At least I'm not going to go there. Like, they could have drafted, we were talking about this, they could have drafted right after AJ, but like AJ Pines went right after, get some D-line help because their D-line's aging a bit. Um, who yeah, we're saying like, Brandon who, Graham is like 32, right? Yeah. So like you get him, you get him to sit behind Brandon Graham. But I, I feel like most importantly, the one thing that the Eagles really sucked at last year was their secondary was so bad. Yeah. Like that was the that was all that was really holding the team back. Like everything else about them was pretty good. Carson Wentz was healthy, played I think the entire year. Yeah. Part, Which right? also like that's another thing. People keep saying he's made of glass. He tore he tore up his knee once and then. He got like some. He got a back injury. Which I don't know if that's from a hit or not. But like, he's missed like a total of like six games over four years, which isn't bad. I can double check that. But like, he played all of last year, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's made of glass. He needs like strong backup." And like, he's thought like, yeah, he has missed. Let's see, he missed five games in 2018, and then three games in 2017. Also, you know, the player can't be missed because that was a big deal. But as far as regular season games, he's missed eight over four years. So like, that's not a lot. So I mean, I, I can not Sean Lee numbers. Yeah, I can math that out real quick. But yes, yeah, it's not Sean Lee. I hope no one's at Sean Lee numbers. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that was the one thing about their team is they didn't have wide receivers and they didn't have a secondary and were in a passing league. 
So mm. those are like their biggest things going into this year that they needed to fix. Yeah. So they take Jalen Hurts in the second where you can still get high value picks to help your team out. Yeah, like we're they, saying like they Zach did add Bond Slay. Still there. Yeah, yes, like yeah, their their linebacking core cuz like at least in the offseason they addressed it they got Slay, they have Ruby Coleman, so like okay, it's a little better, but the safeties are still pretty weak, I think. And it's so, still not deep. Like, they have some positions, but there's no depth to it. Like, if Slayer or Coleman gets hurt, like, they're fucked again. Yeah, like, Jeremy <laughs> Chin was there. Christian Fulton was there. Probably still in the draft. And then you mentioned, like, linebacker help. Zach Bond was there. Willie Gay Jr. was there. They so. could have taken Ezra Cleveland to replace Jason Peters they yes. let go. Like, they, there were a lot of things they could have done here instead of take Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the... I don't, I don't know if I want to call him project quarterback, but he's not, like, an immediate ready backup. Like, if they had taken someone, like, if they take, I don't know if they would have taken from here, but if they take someone who's, like, ready to, like, come in and play now and could be, like, kind of immediately effective, like, if they take from the third and say he's our backup, like, that makes a lot more sense. Because one, it's at least a third and not a second. And two, like, he is, he, he is more ready to, like, even if his arm strength's not, like, there completely, like, he's more ready to run an NFL offense than John Hurts is right now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, you're basically, like, you're just not drafting somebody in the second round that's helping your team immediately. Yeah, that's, exactly. Like, the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. You had really big holes on your team at wide receiver and corner. They could have taken another wide receiver, and I would have been happy, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, take Mims. Add, take Mims and Ray Gore. And oh like, my god <laughs> that's a ton of speed <laughs> like, you go real fast doing that um real fast but yeah taking a quarterback in the second who like i said i like hurts a lot in his potential to develop and i do think the eagles are the team who could develop him like one of the few teams i trust to develop a quarterback but that's the key word like develop he's not like he's not gonna help you this year that's the thing yes he, exactly he's not gonna help you this year and like and the, that's like then why'd you take him in the second round? Yeah, but like, because Ezra Cleveland would have made more sense, I feel like, because if you're taking a quarterback, and even if you say, okay, he's the immediate backup, that that constitutes once getting hurt, but why not just take a center to keep once from getting hurt? Like, uh, that's also a thing, so. And they also traded their other lineman, the Halapatuti Vitae guy. Yeah, and like, they, if you if you want a quarterback... If uh, if uh, once gets hurt, like you know, Cam Newton's a free agent, right? Like, <laughs> and like we saw the Saints, who are a really complete team, just go grab Jameis. We saw the Cowboys, just go grab Dalton. Like they didn't waste a second round pick on someone who's not going to help their team for at least a year. Like, but who are you saying though? Sorry. No, yeah, I mean, there like there were just there were so many other players available that they could have taken. I Josh Jones and and Ezra Cleveland were still there, and they were touted in the first to second round yeah like, were you saying something about like you potty or something sorry oh yeah well the okay. eagles they also traded uh Vitae, who oh, was Vitae, sort of sorry. their their gadget lineman he just kind of filled in where people got hurt well mm-hmm. they traded peters and him so now their line has even less depth so yeah i mean i, I would have liked the cleveland pick there the ezra cleveland pick. yeah a lot of talent went like within 20 picks of that like oh, man <laughs> <laughs> so many Sad. good options like there were like there were like 10 guys who would have really really helped them that won the next like 20 picks <sighs> ever since joe douglas left man yeah and i know that's when we were talking about what you said like you like joe douglas departing and it was clear like the eagles draft meh the jets draft really really good so 
Yeah, and that's one of those things where, like, well, he wasn't the GM for the Eagles, but he was the VP of player personnel and scouting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, he really got to know those players, and I think without him there and not being able to interview players a lot, it really hurt the Eagles this year. I agree. So, but as we get to the divisions, um, at least they're in a division that has been wide, pretty wide open the last few years. Right. They'll still probably be in contention to win the division. It'll be them and the Cowboys probably neck and neck at the end of the year, and they have to play each other to figure out who wins the division. Like, that's almost how it always goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With yeah. the Giants and Redskins just kind of, like, sucking their thumbs <laughs> in the corner. I think Giants are going to be last this year, but... I um, I could see them. it. Well, actually, that, I don't that, know. Washington is there. Never mind. A good, good little place to plug in. My my Daniel Jones had a lot of passes that should have been intercepted that <laughs> that were dropped last year. Do you, do you want to share the number now or wait? <laughs> well, somebody online said it was thirty, which I thought was insane. Like, there's no way. But there's actually a compilation video of all the passes that should. And it been. It, it is thirty. It's a lot. I don't know. I don't know if it's thirty after watching it, but it's a lot. <laughs> but it's, it's like really it's at least twenty. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I remember that one year Nick Foles, the guy we were talking about, had like this was his year where I had like tw- he went like twenty seven and two like TD interception had like seven touchdowns against the Raiders. He had like fifteen twenty touchdown or sorry fifteen twenty interceptions dropped that year something crazy. So, oof. But yeah, that usually does not that go well for the following year. Yeah, and like more like we saw Nick Foles last year with the Jags, a team that is definitely not complete and like not ideal. Like he is a guy who can like be fine with a team's set up for him. Like that's what a backup does. Like if your team's good, the backup comes in and plays plays well, keeps you afloat. But right, but he doesn't elevate that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we say the same thing about Trubisky two years ago that he his rookie year he should have had a ton of picks and he so. didn't and then his, this his yeah I'm pretty sure that this was something we talked about he should have had a ton of passes picked and he didn't and then the next year he was <laughs> it might have been last year I think it was like this past year yeah some like major thing because like he had those like pop off games and then and now. Would someone who's like we don't think is that great randomly is really good for like some games? You gotta look into it. But anyway, so that's dragging the Eagles. So we've got a lot to talk about, like as far as going forward, you know, um, into the next season. We, I guess, let's start with um, just the overall AFC. Okay. Um, aside from the Ravens and Chiefs, the number of contenders is pretty minimal i think um yeah i would agree with that i was because i was thinking we were talking a lot about who we thought the weakest divisions were Mm -hmm. and to me it seems like it's the east and the south like the afc east and south yeah which is two of the afc (laughs) divisions and it's because the afc east i don't see a super bowl contender in the afc east at all which already makes them pretty weak and then the afc south is just a fucking it's like the colts should be pretty good. Which the Colts are the one team I think has a realistic shot right now. Like aside from the Ravens and Chiefs, they have a really good team around them. We just like Philip Rivers looked old as fuck last year. Is the only Ex- problem. Exactly. Like, he, really he was old. shot put in that bitch. Like <laughs> it was bad. So like if he if he is looking a little better to start the year, 
Like, that team around him is so good, and I assume he's going to be an upgrade for him for set. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the team around him is so good. Like, if he takes a step forward again and just sort of looks a little bit more fresh, I think is a good word for it, mm-hmm. then then they'll be fine. But, yeah, like... they're like, the Texans, like, you have Deshaun Watson there, but you just lost Hopkins, who was sort of the connecting piece there. The Houston Texans have become the Deshaun Watson show. It's entirely... <laughs> Like which, fully, which yeah, can he push that team into the playoffs? Probably, he can probably put the team on his back and get them there. But uh-huh. can they win the whole thing? No, the like, team's not because there's there's going to be seven playoff teams this year in each division. That's like so. Like if we go through like Baltimore, honestly, I think Pittsburgh should be a playoff team. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I then, mean, they basically made the playoffs with two of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, last year. <laughs> yeah, like they were <laughs> just off of it, and and if there were seven teams last year, they would have made it in as that last team. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so yeah, Pittsburgh, sorry, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Kansas City, and then like whoever wins the AFC East, it's four, um, and then someone going the AFC South. We'll say the Colts. There's still two more spots. Maybe like New England and Buffalo are two, and then like. Like, maybe, like, Buffalo and Houston make up those last two spots or something like that, or New England or whoever wins the AFC East. Don't know who's going to win there. But, like, they have a good shot to make it into the playoffs just off the weakness of, like, the conference. Although, I mean, maybe I'm discounting Tennessee, too. I don't know. Yeah, I think Tennessee, we're all just kind of, like, clenched right now. Yeah. Because we're... Like, I'll admit, I probably am discounting them too much. But at the same time... Because, like, they're, they're, it's... It's tough because their their efficiency is going to regress. Like, but it doesn't mean they're going to be bad. That's the thing. Like, they're not going to they they only had like one field goal drive out of all the red zone trips or some crazy shit. I don't know. They had like so many oh, yeah. fucking touchdowns. And like that's not sustainable just literally fucking odds wise. But it doesn't mean they're going to be trash. Like 9 to 7 again seems pretty realistic, but I don't know. For me it's the Tannehill. Yeah. Know, it's just like I don't. I'm not. I was super huge on Tannehill when he came out because I thought he had a lot of talent for a guy with not a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. I really liked Tannehill. I kept thinking like he was going to actually break out, and then he just kept getting hurt. And it's like he did break out last year and have a really good season, and that made me super happy. But we can't forget that this guy missed two straight years because of preseason injuries. And yeah. that's just what worries me is he didn't play a whole season last year and they just added a game to this one. I find it super, super hard to find that like he'll actually play the entire season. And like I, it would be cool if he did because then the the team around him is so good. Like they're a contender. Yeah, that's but, like that, that's a, they're a pretty solid team is the thing. Like imagine if they got Cam Newton. Right. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> yeah. Cause no, that's Please. the thing. Like he like the the reasons they say, Oh, Tannehill's our guy, like Cam Newton does the the stuff that Tannehill does well, Cam Newton also does well. And he's also I think he's just better in general, which I don't think anyone's gonna argue me on that. <laughs> that Cam Newton's better than Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, I mean Tannehill can can complete more passes, but Cam Newton just does so much more in the game. And like Tannehill was using his legs a lot last year too, which helped the team out. Go get Cam. Go get Cam. If if Tannehill gets hurt, then you're you're fine. When uh, when we were talking about the Eagles, I was, or sorry, the um, Colts, I was thinking about also like if Rivers looks just old and done, like what if they go get Cam? Ah, <laughs> uh, right. 
But um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, Tennessee's got a good team around Tannehill to help him. Also, his middle name's Timothy. Interestingly, I was looking at fo- Pro Football Reference. Ryan Timothy Tannehill. Yeah, <laughs> Timothy Tannehill. <laughs> it's a lot of T's and syllables in general. So, it's a retweet tweet. <laughs> so yeah, but, I guess really quickly the AFC East. Let the Patriots really quickly. Okay, so uh, we're, we're assuming the Jets are bad again. Sorry. Right. They're yeah, we're not, not above 500. I don't think not, Miami yeah. hits 500. No, because they're in like year two of the rebuild, uh-huh. right? So they should project to really be good next year. Uh-huh. So they're about a year away, which is to be expected. So no disappointment there. I'm sure their fans will love the season. Uh-huh. Bring on Ryan Fitzpatrick. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but the Patriots, do you think they win this division? Because I really think Stidham is not good. I, like I don't, I, I don't have, I don't think I don't get it. I don't know. I gotta look way back in some stuff. Let me find because like Stidham came in with what class was he? Was he twenty seventeen or eighteen? I don't even know what year it is now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have to look it up so I can find what like draft he was in. He was in the. So he was last year. Oh, he was last year. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. My bad. Wow. Okay. Like I, I, they, was I mean, they're but... throwing their support behind him, which they have to do, like for PR reasons. But mm-hmm. I, I struggle to think that this guy is their franchise quarterback. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they, like they showed like a lot of cracks last year at the end. That I think the, as much as I'll shit on Tom Brady, like he's really good still. So like he held a lot together, and they're like their receiver group is. Bad. It's really bad. Like yeah. it's it's bad. Like Edelman is your number one, and like I guess Nikhil Harry's your number two. Like, and then they've got like rookie tight ends. Their running back room. I mean, like their O line's really good, and their defense was awesome. And they they showed some weakness at the end of the season. Their defense has just been s- slow. That's their issue. But like, is this team just gonna be a defensive grinding like? Patriot team like they just they don't let teams score their defense is smothering and they like hope Stidham can get a t- like one or two touchdowns yeah the thing is like they're gonna be one of the top two teams in the division I think like <laughs> it's a tough but I think that's the case and yeah I mean the Bills are probably gonna be up there with nine or ten wins right I mean okay they went ten and six last year and that seems about right because like I said again, the overall team is pretty good, even if I'm not huge on Jalen himself. But Right. And, like, there's another game this year. So, let's say they probably get 10 wins, roughly. Oh, I forgot about that, too. Holy shit. Do the Patriots win 10 games with Stidham? I don't know. Like, I don't... I. We know how good of a coach Belichick is, but it's kind of important, the quarterback. <laughs> wait, I thought the... I didn't... Wait, did, did this... Did the extra game get passed or no? thought it did didn't it i haven't seen anything on it because right now i'm still seeing 17 weeks i thought it was just the extra wild card team got passed for now oh that might be it or maybe it's in the maybe they're um yeah for next year okay yeah uh probably going to be 2021 on so not this year that's what i thought which i guess good timing to not have that (laughs) agreed (laughs) Yeah, because the new CBA, um, 
yeah, yeah, okay. That's it's CBA stuff because like they can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even really want another game personally. I don't really care if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I watch it, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I guess it's just a matter of how does it affect contracts and the money and stuff. But yeah. Anyway, so like the one of the things like with the Bills was they were kind of I want to say like lucky, but their point differential was was kind of on the lower side for their record. What was their uh, point differential? Um, it was plus 55, so it wasn't like too low. The thing is, there weren't many, like, the only other 10 and 16 was the Vikings that were plus 104. And then we had teams like Seattle go 11 and 5 and be plus 7. So I, maybe they weren't that lucky, <laughs> but it's, there's not much to go off of. I mean, it was like the Seahawks and the Packers were the two teams that... Wow, last were... year was really top-heavy. I'm just, like, realizing that going through all this point differential. Last year was pretty fucking top-heavy. Yeah, I mean, I think from, like, October on, we kind of knew it was... Yeah. Like, Ravens, Chiefs, and, <laughs> and like, the Niners. <laughs> yeah, like, and Pats were always in the... Like, are always in the baby. Yeah, like, yeah, from the NFC, it was pretty much, like, Niners, like, Saints, like... <laughs> Everyone pretty much knew who it was, yeah, like halfway through. So, anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, the AFC East. So, yeah, like New England or Buffalo could win that. Yeah, that me- that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Jets will probably be third. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone is in, div- in the division is from a contender. Like, is a contender there, right? Like, no, exactly. I don't think anyone is a Super Bowl contender in yeah. that, div- that division. Mm-hmm. Like, we. <laughs> Like, Patriots are probably also going to be held back by quarterback play like the Bills are, so. Also, they got rid of Guskowski, didn't they? So oh, they don't yeah. A, they don't even have a, their kicker anymore. Who's the Patriots kicker, anyway? Larry Is it kicker new hell. I don't know. I think it's some new guy. Justin Rarswasser? Yeah. Apparently he has, like, a tattoo that people don't like. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Perfect. Some people are saying his. Some people are saying his tattoo is a white supremacist tattoo. Interesting. Oh, Belichick uh-huh. was just licking his chops. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, yeah. What's his tattoo say? Apparently, um, I don't know. Anyway, does it? That's that's for later to look into. So oh, yeah, yeah. And, okay. Pittsburgh could be a contender. They're one of my teams that I think will have a pretty strong bounce back year. Yeah, because as long as, like, Roethlisberger is actually healthy and they had, like, a video of him actually, like, throwing for real just recently. Um, the defense was obviously fucking absurd. Right, they, like, their trenches are great, which is yeah, the foundation for good teams. Like, O-line and defensive line are on point with the Steelers, so yeah. they should be really good next year. And then hopefully, like, Juju plays most of the season. Like, Deontay Johnson's there. He's pretty good, I think. Then Washington and Claypool are also in there. And then, like, James Conner, like, we'll talk about him later. I think he's being way underappreciated right now. And they have Jalen Samuels as a good backup. So, like, they've got, like, enough talent there, too. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, and they've got some running back depth, too. Like, the Steelers just a well-run organization always, which is why I'm sure it sucks to be in their division if you're, like, a Bengals fan or mm-hmm. a Browns fan or something. But, like, yeah, they're, they're going to be good again this year. And I... If you ask me, they have a really good shot to win the division. It's going to be tough because they have the Ravens now to mm-hmm. deal with. But 
yeah they're, they're, they're contenders mm-hmm. yeah one of my one of my thoughts on the Colts was like they should basically be the 2018 Chargers like kind of run heavy team let me pull up the 2018 season but but then they went 12 and 4 that year and that's when then they beat the Ravens in the playoffs in that first game I believe let me pull up their 2018 season okay oh dang it fucking this is hard to navigate not really I just clicked the wrong thing I didn't realize they moved to Los Angeles like 3 years ago already huh but um neither did their fans <laughs> Memo. They're still showing up in uh, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the Chargers were twelve and four, um, six in points for, eighth in points against. Um, so they're they're a solid team um, as far as their um, like yardage rankings. They were. Let's see if I can find the rankings on here. Okay, here we go. They ranked. Uh, let's see, they were middle of the pack in like rushing, and they were. 10th in the league in yardage but yeah they were like a, just a good efficient team that ran the ball like well because they but yeah they were number seven in the league as far as like rushing touchdowns they like efficient at the goal line which I, I think should be the case this year for the for the Colts because they've got a lot of backfield talent and then they've obviously got yeah Pittman Hilton Campbell so but yeah, they're uh, they're an interesting team like mm-hmm. we like their coaching staff. Their GM is solid. Like they put a good team together. Mm-hmm. But um, so on one of the teams I do want to talk about though actually is the Chargers. I guess bouncing around to them. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're a contender, but like I feel like their range is so wide. Like I wrote, will they be four and twelve or twelve and four? <laughs> <laughs> the defense is super good. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive line is decent. Like. It's not bad. Certainly not one of the worst. They are kind of injury dependent, as we saw last year with the offensive line. Um, but the quarterback situation is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna like they're gonna try to ride Todd as long as they can, and like that's the thing where that's why I think the range is so wide, but probably not much middle ground actually. Like I don't they, like they won't go nine and seven. I don't think, or like eight and eight, just because if if they're like winning, winning, like I think they'll actually do really well because like Tyrod like Tyrod is like he's on that border of like, like he, he he can fill in fine he's obviously not like a world beater but like he will keep the team afloat of course but I think I think he's the team around him is pretty complete super so. complete I mean they've still got Keenan Allen still got Hunter Henry they still have Austin Eckler uh Justin Jackson now they just added Josh Kelly like this is definitely better than that Bills team he got to the playoffs also with Anthony Lynn but <laughs> true and see he knows how to get the most out of Tyrod and my my four and 12 concern is like they start 0 and 3 and then Herbert comes in and they just lose a lot more yep I got yeah I don't want to really see Herbert this year so they start 49ers Bengals Chargers so sorry 49ers Bengals Chiefs sorry so I mean one and two to start off yeah yeah and then Panthers Bucks Saints so like it their schedule gets a lot easier, I think, as it goes. But because like the last ones aren't as you know brutal, but they they're tougher opponents. So it's all front loaded, so that's the thing. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I mean, Saints. That's another one. Bucks mm-hmm. is like probably. I don't know. We Bucks are another team that's sort of. Are they going to be good or not? But. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, but as far as like the charges for fantasy, like I'm kind of. 
down on them in general. I mean, I like Hunter Henry for the fact that Tyrod Taylor, like, he peppered Charles Clay. So, <laughs> I trust him. Like, and he's got, he's going to be like, Hunter Henry, oh boy. <laughs> and yeah, I expect Henry to get a lot of targets. So, probably at the expense of Mike Williams, I'd say. But the expense of Mike Williams. I think Keenan Allen will have less catches too. Like, he's still so good that he'll do a lot with them, but I think he'll just have a few less. Like, I think there will be less passes. Yeah, it's definitely going to be way less passing volume, I assume so. And that's why, like, I'm kind of concerned about, like, Eckler maybe, even just because, like, for the sake of, like, there's less, fewer passes, and then also, like, Tyrod Tyrod and Herbert will both run at the goal line. Like, they both run, so. Yeah. And that kind of hurts, like, the running back value. Like, it helps in the sense of, like, oh, running quarterback opens up lanes, but also goal line vulture, so. Yep, goal line vulture, dude. No, no rushing TDs for Eckler. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up with like two rushing touchdowns, but like obviously some receiving touchdowns. <laughs> like ten receiving touchdowns. <laughs> Darren Sproles and Danny Woodhead introduce Austin Eckler. <laughs> and then the other LA team, though, I'm really interested in them because no one, including kind of myself, has really any fucking clue like what this team is going to do this year. Is what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they lost Gurley, so that sort of identity to their offense is gone mm-hmm. um who's the running back they took acres yes cam acres so i like acres a lot I'm not a huge henderson guy their line yeah. is old i don't think they improved their line much no like the line still has some talent but it, it's older and it's not like what it was a couple of years ago but like i think they're gonna attempt to try to run gap because i i I know Akers, we talked about him being necessarily came to gap a lot. Uh, I can't remember what I'd had on Henderson on that. I'll try to dig into that one a little bit. But, um, yeah, like, some, like, one of these running backs is going to have value and, like, pop off. It's just going to be hard to, one, time it, and two, figure out who. Like, it could even be Malcolm Brown, like, for all we know. Yeah, honestly. So, yeah, I feel like the Rams are kind of in limbo because they're really stuck, like, cap and pick-wise. They traded a lot of their picks, and they don't have a lot of cap room. So they're yeah. just kind of stuck for the next year or so. And then their defense is, like, a lot weaker now. It got old. They traded a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, they have uh, – what's his face now? They, right? they have Ramsey and Aaron Donald. But aside from that, like, their defensive talent is, like – not that impressive. Yeah, I think they lost. Um, was it Michael Brockers? I think he's still there. Is he still there? Um, let's see. Oh yeah, because the Ravens backed out of the deal with him, so the Rams resigned him. Mm. Although they did draft our guy Terrell Lewis. Our guy. <laughs> but fifty <laughs> percent Terrell sucks. Fifty percent Ray Lewis. <laughs> but um, yeah, like their defense isn't like anything special. We kind of saw that they weren't really as well in there um so yeah i mean i guess yeah i mean i feel like they're uh like their defense will be okay like it'll be it'll be solid they've got like they got some linebacker depth i mean i still think brockers is good like mm-hmm. be fine but i mean yeah after ramsey then there's a drop off like their safety is position is pretty meh yeah, like, I'm, I'm trying to look, look at this team in, so, like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to jump to the receivers a bit now. So, they've got, so they lost Brandon Cook, obviously. So, they've got Cup, Woods, 
and Van Jefferson, who, for for the most part, all kind of do the same thing. And then they've got Reynolds, who is, like, the only guy that's, like, a little different of the group. And so, like, he... I don't know... I don't think it'd be a stretch to say he's going he's gonna to be, like, their most consistent, like, outside receiving option, like, as far as, like, being best at it. Like, I, th- I think Reynolds could get a good chance to shine this year. I think we're both on the same page with Reynolds. There. Yeah, because yeah. he... I think he is good. Like, he's a little, like too like skinny like he's tall though and he's big like the that, that sense of he's a little too he's a little skinny is the issue people had with him and like he had i think he went to a smaller school let me check on that but he went to a&m I'm trying to remember texas a&m oh wait no yeah he went to a&m that's not a small school but like his college production was good and he's like when he's filled in he's had some good games too yeah we like him a lot i think sean mcveigh even mentioned him as somebody they're gonna try to get the ball to more this year mm-hmm. so um, I, they've got like woods taking off the top and you got cup going through the middle then you've got reynolds on the outside yeah like he he's definitely flashed when he's had the chance and so I, i'm really into the idea of him like getting a shot this year which because he will like the only competition for that third spot is a rookie so mm-hmm. although the only problem is i don't know how much they'll keep doing like 12 personnel because they did a lot of like, two tight end stuff last year, especially at the end of the year, to try to like, change up the offense. And so it resulted in only two receivers on the field. But um, I guess I can try to like, snap counts or something. But yeah, it's I I think he's someone to take a shot on because he's like, he costs you nothing like in Dynasty. And like, he's probably like, he's probably free in redraft. Like, so he's a so, low risk guy to get it on. Yeah, we we like Reynolds mm-hmm. moving forward into the year. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of the division, they they got a lot of competition there. Yeah, this <laughs> like we we've discussed this too, like in the group, like this might be the best division in the league. Like yeah. one of them for sure. Definitely one of them. Yeah, because you got I mean Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are always good. This the Niners are you know sort of on their tear right now, and then the Cardinals are looking pretty potent on offense even if their defense is lacking mm-hmm. they're gonna score some points on you with kyler and deandre yeah. hopkins and they stayed with the uh niners like super well too so oh yeah did they beat them once I, maybe or they got close like they might have just gotten really close but yeah it was really a good game uh-huh so and then obviously the seahawks are always there niners were literally just in the super bowl <laughs> So, yeah, it's going to be a solid division. I don't know who comes out of there, but I imagine at least one wild card comes from there, possibly two. Yeah, at least one, possibly two is probably mm-hmm. right. Because you, I, you figure the Niners probably win the division and the Seahawks are right there behind them. Yeah. Um, like a few wins less, but still getting in the playoffs. And then if the Rams or Cardinals also, you know, sort of outperform or just kind of keep up, they could also grab that extra wild card, but that division. Uh, so they they lost to the Niners by only three the first game and like almost came back. That's right. Yep. Because they they got within three like five minutes left in the fourth and then the second game they lost by uh, well ten but there was like a touchdown like fumble return like with two seconds left so more or less a one score game kind of but yep. two very close games though so. And you have to think they only got better in the offseason. Oh, yeah. 
like <laughs> Hopkins and Simmons. Yep. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons and DeAndre Hopkins. Good God. Mm, that's going to be like, that's like a fun team. And there is someone in particular who I'm high on as a, I think he's kind of stealing drafts right now, like both Dynasty and redraft, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but moving divisions in the NFC. So we talked about, we don't know how Tampa is in that NFC South. There's going to be, I think, also a strong division. Definitely a lot of shootouts. Like I expect Carolina, Atlanta games to end like with a 90-point total or some crap. <laughs> but so New Orleans is still better than Tampa, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I like, I, at least that's where I'm at. Like I, th- I think they are like for sure better than Tampa right now. Their defense is so much better. Yeah, like, and the line, but like the team is just a lot more complete. Like, the only like the the advantage that the Tampa has is the receiving group, but Which that got lessened a lot. Yeah, like they have obviously Godwin Evans and um, Howard Gronk, but like adding Emmanuel Sanders helps a lot for New Orleans. So they now have like Thomas Sanders, and then obviously Kamara is absurdly better than whoever else the Bucks have in their backfield. And, like, Cook's not, like, a slouch, really, so. No, and then their offensive line is significantly better. Mm. Ryan Ramchek, I mean, and then the Saints still have Michael Thomas. <laughs> yeah, like, the Bucks don't have a Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, come on, no Taysom Hill, no Super Bowl. <laughs> no way to make the Vikings, or the Vikings look silly for a bit, but. <laughs> so, anyway, honestly, like, New Orleans, I think, my, I, they'll probably be a popular Super Bowl pick this year, but I think they're, again, a legit contender. Like they're one of the real NFC contenders, I'd say. And yeah, the Emmanuel Sanders ad is just beautiful. Like yeah, that's got to be one of the best free agent signings mm-hmm. I think of the off season. And so, kind of jump in a little player specific. The he's going to be like one of the few switching teams receivers I'm going to be okay with this year. Him and Hopkins, just because. Mm-hmm. Normally, we kind of avoid it, and especially with the way that's off season is going, I'm going to avoid it even more but Hopkins is Hopkins and I don't think it's going to be hard for Kyler Murray to get on the same page with one of the best receivers in the league no, um, that's, that's going to be great yeah he's he's a hall of famer so like he'll be fine and then Emmanuel Sanders is really good and he's like he and Drew Brees like they're just like made for each other I think <laughs> like they're both very smart veteran players and we saw how much Sanders helped the 49ers instantly so Instantly. yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about him and Breeze getting on the same page. He fills in exactly with what they need to mm. scheme like scheme wise. Like it's it's harder to think of like a better one two punch for Breeze than Thomas and Sanders. Like yeah, yeah. So and like yeah, no. Generally speaking, the wide receiver trades like this we are like go to a new team. Not a huge fan of just in general, like especially in their first year. But this is one of those where it's an exception. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of other ones, like, that's part of why the Dix thing is mad, just because he's going to the Bills and Josh Allen. So, like, we know where yeah. the latest offseason is going. There's not much time to really get together on stuff. And, like, it's going to be tougher for rookies a lot, too. Like, um, as much as I like, as, as great as some of these rookies are, like, you're going to have to temper, like, your immediate expectations for sure on them. Absolutely. Yeah, your one is a lot of growth for mm-hmm. these guys but uh anyway i think new orleans is probably i think my current nfc favorite but i haven't put enough thought into it yet but they're definitely like the favorite for that division for me like mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of hype around tampa right now 
naturally speaking, but like I still think New Orleans will win that division and have a you know one of those twelve win records at least. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Then so the division that apparently doesn't know how to draft. um, We move (laughs) on to the NFC North. This division is just giving me a conniption, dude. (laughs) I don't even. got the fucking Packers who refused to give Rodgers a receiver. You've got the Vikings who lost half their defense. Yeah, like, I, I wrote here, like, I think this division is just a poser. Like, I think, because, like, someone will, like, obviously win the division and, like, Green Bay and Minnesota like, are, like, fine teams, but I don't think anyone who comes out of this division is going to win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, to me, Green Bay is still the lead, like, Aaron Rodgers is still fucking Aaron Rodgers. He's still the one of the best quarterbacks. They're probably still going to win the division, but their team's just not great. Yeah, they did not. I don't know if they got. I don't think they got like worse, really, but they didn't get better. They didn't get much better. They did not. They definitely did not get better, and they were kind of lucky last year. But they, they lost like their best linebacker, Blake Martinez. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, like the Vikings. The Vikings got worse. I'd say. Losing some of their defense and then losing digs, like and then the Bears and then the Lions. So I <laughs> <laughs> just kind of listed them. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Bears—they're gonna have Nick Foles by week three, or, and then, or maybe week one. Or maybe week one. <laughs> okay, and I guess... you've got the the Lions that are just—I mean the Lions are the team that Cursed. might actually do better this year if they didn't have Matt Patricia. <laughs> Yeah, like that team's like that. That team's a shit show, and they're cursed. But like if I mean Stafford was a top five quarterback last year before he got hurt. Yeah, he was balling out. He was balling out. They still have Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. They've got Carryon Johnson, and now DeAndre Swift. Like they have weapons. Yeah, they all they were also unlucky too, especially early on in the year. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) the poor Lions. But yeah, so they have DeAndre Swift, Carryon. Uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Um, I like Cephas. They've got Hawkinson. Hawkinson, yeah. They have a lot of talented weapons to go with Stafford. But then they also just traded Slay away. Mm-hmm. And we don't, like, this is the year that really, like, if Matt Patricia is going to figure it out, it has to be this year because mm-hmm. he's, fire- he's fired after this one. Yeah. If right. they go, like, if they go, like, 6-10 and 10 again or some, like, crap, or worse, he's done. Right. So, I mean, I th- like Detroit to me has a chance of all of these teams. Like, it's a it's a weaker division this year. Like, they actually do have a chance. I think. I, I just I don't know if I believe in Patricia to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And then, so the Bears won eight and eight last year. Where do you think they around the same this year? Maybe. Probably. Because like. The NFC overall is a lot stronger than the AFC, just like as a general unit. So, like, pl- like I think that's gonna hurt them. Like, okay, their quarterback play couldn't get a whole lot worse than it was last year. Whether it's Trubisky being a little better or Foles just also just being an improvement over Trubisky, I think their offense can't be as bad. I mean. Folds to Allen Robinson seems kind of nice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It, it seems like 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 his folds to Jeffrey was good. So right, like he's like I've, I've said it before, but Foles is like six five. 
he needs a huge receiver that is literally like on the same plane of height as him because then he can just literally throw it in a straight line and it's still two feet above anybody's head <laughs> yeah like he alan robinson should be a good pairing so so they're actually we're uh guess where chicago ranked in uh points scored last year in like, points scored. yeah point points for um like like blank worst because it, it was bad i'll give you okay. that so like of 32 i'm gonna guess they were 30 um very close 39 or sorry 29 29 yep by just a few so washington was last with 266 then jets had 267 Bengals oh, yeah. had 279 the chicago had 280 so very so, yeah, close they're, they're behind the dolphins right like yeah denver had two more <laughs> pittsburgh had nine more oh my god like the teams that got outscored by pittsburgh should feel bad about themselves for sure yes <laughs> so and the bears are one of them mm-hmm. um but yeah, so, like, I mean the the Bears the, seem to have everything else together. They just can't get the one thing right that most people would argue is one of the most important. Yeah, so that's why I think like they their offense can't be much worse than it was last year. But <laughs> it's I could be wrong. So and then um, the last division that the perennially weak division we have the uh, NFC East here. The team, the division of hate. Mm-hmm. Oh, hate each other. Yeah, but so my thought on this, I think that McCarthy is enough of an upgrade from Jason Garrett that they the Cowboys should be able to win the division this year. I would agree with that. I really like Mike McCarthy. I think he's going to do really well with the Cowboys. And barring anything stupid, like they should win the division. Like their team is too good. Yeah, because yeah, he's he is enough better than Garrett to not fuck it all up the way Garrett did. They were sixth in point differential last year. Dude, Dak had an amazing Yeah. Like they they went eight and eight somehow. Like it's unfucking believable how this team went eight and eight. Like <laughs> uh, because every time Zeke was looking good they stopped using him. <laughs> yeah. Like they they their point differential was only four less than New Orleans who went thirteen and three. And like, is Jason Garrett a clown? Yeah, they yeah, should like, have been Mike way McCarthy's better. I think a huge upgrade for them. Yeah, because like people give him shit, but like I mean, it's like none of the, none of those like I mean, the fact the Packers, but like none of those Packers teams are like bad that he could. He won a Super Bowl. He was good yeah with them. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Like obviously he had Rodgers, but like <laughs> like to win, you can't be totally incompetent as a coach and win a Super Bowl. Exactly. No, in fact, I would argue that if you win a Super Bowl as a head, like that's that's like the top tier if you're a, if you're a head coach that can do that because that's half of the game is coaching mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean shit i remember like just a throwback the super bowl the broncos and the panthers it was peyton manning and versus cam and i remember texting my dad and saying i think that gary kubiak wins this game because he's going to slow the game down mm-hmm. he's going to use peyton manning as as a game manager and their defense is just going to keep Carolina smothered. And that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Like it was all in the coaching him and Wade Phillips, great defensive mind too, uh, with the Broncos. So yeah, I mean, I like McCarthy a lot. I, all the years we've been able to shit on the Cowboys cause they've had Jason Garrett as their head coach and now they don't. And I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So McCarthy had, let's see one, two three losing seasons with the packers and two of them two of them were at the very end before he got fired but like he went 13 or three 
in 2007, then he went 11-5, 10-6, 15-1, 11-5, 8-7-1, 12-4, 10-6, 10-6. So yep. I mean, they made the playoffs 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 years. They, I mean, yeah, they won the division almost every year. Uh-huh. So, like, and there were some competent teams in there, but like definitely one of those divisions where it was more top heavy. It was basically the Packers for a long time, and then yeah. the Vikings and Lions just kind of dicking but, around. Yeah, as much as people want to give him shit for how those last two years went, like he's an upgrade over Garrett. Because <laughs> okay. like, because one of those years Rodgers got hurt, 2017 Rodgers got hurt. So like, well, yeah, Brett Hundley, you went seven oh. and nine. Like, okay, like fine, sure, you know, tough. They because yeah, they they finished. Uh, yeah, still went to shit. They they went three and six with Brett Hundley. You know that's commendable, <laughs> I say. And, uh, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and not, then it's not McCarthy's fault. Their GM won't draft a receiver. Yeah, and then yeah, twenty eighteen where he got fired midseason. Um, he was four seven one when he got fired. Like they were just struggling. Yeah, I mean, not every year's gonna be great. So pretty much like one bad year with Rodgers got him fired. So, yep. And like going back to the Packers really quickly, there is one guy that is super flying under the radar with the Packers, and that's the addition of uh, Devin Funchess. Mm-hmm. He missed all of last year from injury, but he's still pretty young. He's younger. He's 26 at the oldest, I think. Yeah, because like on the outside, it's him and Lazard, like opposite Devontae Adams, and like I assume they put MVS back in the slot with Allison gone. So, if Funchess develops into just a nice second option to take some heat off Adams every now and then like they're going to win that division yeah or like maybe Rodgers will use a tight end for once I don't want to pick on that but <laughs> ah, <you> know. nah. <laughs> so stay yeah. blocking mm-hmm. but anyway so McCarthy yeah he, he's enough of an upgrade for Dallas over Garrett that they should win the division maybe handily but like Giants and Washington, I don't. We don't think have any real threat. It's literally the Cowboys and the Eagles, like usual. As so, usual, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doug and, Peterson's still a great coach. He's still, to me, probably maybe a better coach than McCarthy. Oh, I mean, I would say that. I would totally give him that. Yeah. But the Cowboys team is better. They have a better. Yeah, for pretty sure. much everything. Yeah, I think they're pretty solid, so they should win this. But I guess if we want to talk about the bottom dollars a little bit while we're here, um, so yeah, the Daniel Jones thing, like he. He had some good games, but like I said, he got a lot of luck, and he fumbled a lot, dude. 18 fumbles, right, was it? 18 fumbles in 13 games, yeah. And then how many picks did he have that weren't dropped? I think he had 12 picks. Yeah, I think he totaled the 30 turnovers. Stole them yes. all picks. Yeah, if 12 had, interceptions. Of, it's like if he, all of his bad throws had been intercepted, he would have had 42 picks. <laughs> And even if you just say like half, you just say half. It's it's right. twenty seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, I think also in a lot of ways played better than people because he got shit on so much for being mm-hmm. drafted that high, which isn't his fault. Um, the Giants, I thought, had a good draft too, so I think they're probably third in the division. But like the Redskins, now they have Ron Rivera. Now they've got defense. Like I like Ron Rivera a lot. So mm-hmm. I kind of like the Redskins to kind of jump that. Yeah, like, so Daniel Jones's good games that he had where he he hit 300 yards and, like, he had a couple, like, pop-off games of touchdowns. So week two, Tampa, he went uh, 336 yards, two touchdowns against Tampa. 
And then yeah, we have to remember that they were one of the pass funnel teams with the amazing yeah. run defense and terrible pass defense. And so Detroit, uh, the, he went 322 yards and four touchdowns. Detroit. Uh, the Jets, he got 308 and four on. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, then Washington, he got 352 and five on. And then he also got 300 yards the next week against Philly, but the completion percentage and stuff was a little down. But yeah, because his completion percentage was just under 62 on the year as well. But it's not bad. Yeah, like, he just didn't like a lot of the stuff he showed that was problematic. He didn't really convince me otherwise of last year as far as like my worries about like ball security and stuff. And like I said, all the drop picks. I don't. I think I think he's more of a sophomore slump than a um, like improving yeah. from rookie year option personally. Yeah, and I'm unfortunately sort of in the same boat. Like, mm-hmm. not to, to dig on the guy, but when yeah. the they said that the offense was going to look a lot like Jason Garrett's, I just kind of... <laughs> well. Yeah, that's right. He is their offensive coordinator now. Yep. Um, I don't know how much... And also, like, I don't. I have no clue how Judge will be, but new head coach as well, like, giving him a whole new, like, system to learn in a short amount of season, like, that doesn't help his chances to improve and, like, keep up the good work either, so... No, not at all. It's usually one of the reasons people say for like a quarterback struggling is well, they had a new coordinator and head coach, yeah. and they had a whole new thing to learn. I mean, look at I mean, look look at Mariota. <laughs> right, every year something different. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like I just Same say Mariota. Yeah, like, yeah, fucking yeah, that's every dude. year. Darnold new, like new offensive system, new pieces, new head coach, new like everything something there yeah but like i just say they get jason campbell because he got so screwed by that so <laughs> he's like the poster child for that. right the poster child for just inconsistency in the organizational aspect mm-hmm. but so like i like how much longer we talked about the nfc just because it's so much deeper it's so much better mm-hmm. like just the afc yeah the chiefs ravens maybe pittsburgh and colts mm-hmm. about it feels like i mean someone's gonna surprise but it's tough to really call that right now like you expected tennessee but like like you said surprises happen but moving on from i guess team discussion to player discussion um one of my interesting things is like okay so after christian mccaffrey and this is just for redraft we can get into dynasty a bit if we want but christian mccaffrey is the top guy redraft wise so after that like how how's it shape out for you like I mean, there's, like, Saquon, and then there's another, like, drop down a little bit, you got Chubb, drop down more, you got, like, Fournette. Um, I mean, like, why is James Conner going to the 3-4 turn? Like, there's a lot of stuff to look into with it. So, like, after CMC, like, what's running back look like for you? Well, after CMC, I probably want, like, honestly, for me this year, someone like Kamara, I think, he's getting taken too late. They've mm-hmm. got more pieces on offense. I actually think that helps him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like Kamara. I like Zeke, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Saquon's interesting because of Jason Garrett effect. Like, is he going to get pulled out of the game when he starts doing well? Uh-huh. Uh, but obviously, Saquon, you have to kind of put at the top. I would never chastise someone for taking Saquon number one overall because he's so talented or like after McCaffrey. Yeah, you know, like I think that top four of McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Zeke is intact again this year, as it was last year. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like, how 
that like never happens where the top four is the top four again like that you're right that honestly that that it's not very common like you'll a lot of times in the past you'd have like your adrian peterson was always like at the top there and then like a few other guys but for the most part there's a lot of turnaround each year Mm -hmm. like i'll have to check to see like when the last time the top four has been the same two years in a row but christian mccaffrey zeke camara they should all be off the board the very start those four it's the the clear top four because i remember last year wasn't david johnson like the kind of like five option (laughs) i think so rip r.i.p dude yeah so (laughs) but so after after him um there's like dalvin cook who i do not want you don't want dalvin cook nope i don't want dalvin cook are you are you off just off the vikings for the most part in general I'm a lot off the Vikings in general. Also, the coordinator change. Who's their who's their core exactly. offensive coordinator? Exactly. They lost Stefanski, who was their huge like utilized Dalvin Cook. This guy's yep. really good. Now he's with the Browns, so I think you, you're going to see Chubb. Actually, I would rather have Chubb than Cook, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to totally like stand for Chubb very hard this year for oh, that yeah. reason. Hard on Chubb, dude. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm probably avoiding Cook. Um, then you've got like your Mixon, Fournette. I would say like Henry and Jacobs. Yeah. Although wait, eh. hold on. Let's look at. So I guess I didn't realize that they brought in Kubiak to be their coordinator, though. That's interesting. Yeah, that kind of offensive coordinator. Yeah, who we've seen also loves to run the ball. So like, true. I did. Yeah, I did. I didn't realize that with Cook, so him being there keeps me on Cook a little bit, I guess, honestly. That yeah, that like reassures me a little bit on Cook. Yeah, which are they are Kubiak and Stefanski for like the same coaching tree? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they might be. Kubiak was with the Ravens and the Broncos. Did they overlap with the Broncos? Um, let's see, because. Uh, Texans. Uh, oh, Stefanski. Stefanski's been there since like 2006. Actually, apparently. Really. Yeah. So I guess they're not overlap. Never mind. Maybe. I mean, who's who's the Vikings head coach been over those years? Now I got to figure this out because I could have sworn they overlapped. Oh well, maybe not. Oh yeah, Zimmer was there. That's right. He's the Zimmer tree. My bad. Mm. So Marvin Lewis tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love, Jolly loves to point that out, how the Marvin Lewis coaching tree is actually pretty solid. It is pretty solid. Being Marvin Lewis's tree. Yeah, it's hard to say how Lewis would have done if he wasn't with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I mean, the players loved him. He kept the locker room together, even with some real <laughs> drama. Yeah. Between, like, Perfect and all of them that they had for years. I mean, he dealt with Ojo Cinco, so. That's <laughs> commendable, so. But anyway, so. After. After those top four, like who's who's your number five? Is it Henry, Mixon, Chubb, Jacobs? Mine is Chubb. Yeah, mine's definitely Chubb. Gotcha. I think for me the next three, like the group of three, is Chubb, Henry, Mixon, and I guess Cook too. I think Cooks were putting in there those next that next four, that group. Yeah, he's yeah he deserves to be in that. Um, Fournette's really interesting too. Yeah, he's like everyone likes to shit on him just because he's Leonard Fournette, I guess. But like, they added the only running back they added was Chris Thompson, and like they tried to trade him, but they couldn't. 
and they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So like this is this is gonna be his last year with the team. So like, yep, they're gonna I, use the shit out of him. Yeah, they're just gonna run him to the ground, right? Like, <laughs> yep. No, like no, I was about to say that. Like last year with the team, they're gonna use the shit out of him, get the most value they can out of him, and that's gonna let him get his stock up so he can mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Yeah. So, and we saw how much Minshew liked to throw to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's one of those guys who he's not like the best pass catcher, but like he's definitely capable. Also, he had shitty touchdown luck, dude. Holy moly! Yeah, he did. He had some of the worst touchdown luck I've seen in a while because I had him on one of my teams. He got he had three rushing touchdowns on eleven hundred fifty two yards. That's the that's such terrible luck. And Mixon, then, yeah, Mixon's interesting too. Because I, for me, I like when I see Mixon play, he looks like one of the best running backs in the league, mm-hmm. and I keep waiting for him to basically be like one of the number one running backs, essentially. And it just keeps kind of not happening because the team around him is so weak. The offensive line is so bad, mm-hmm. so he's kind of a gamble. Um, yeah, there's Zach Taylor is going to like take a step forward this year offensively, and the team is going to do better. Then he's probably worth taking, but yeah, because they get. Who, what's his name? Billy Price back? Because he just got hurt right away. Yeah. So well, that... they lost uh, two years in a row to the top <laughs> linemen they drafted and then got hurt. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, the line play should get better this year. Just one off of getting a Price back. I'm looking into it a bit right now. But, um, I mean, their O-line definitely is a weak point. Um, but, yeah, then you've got Josh Jacobs, who's now second year with the Raiders. We love that offensive line. It is... It's like an OSU offensive line. Like Ohio State. <laughs> They're just, just good and huge. Huge fuckers. <laughs> just big. They're wide, like six foot eight on yeah. the caps. How many the how many freaks of nature can we put in front of our quarterback? Right. So I mean you gotta like the line that Josh Jacobs gets to work with. Mm-hmm. And he's in his second year. Now they're in Vegas. Yeah, my my biggest concern with Jacobs is so along with Richard, they brought in Devontae Booker and now Lynn Bowden. Like, this seems like they just don't want to throw to him, and we know Carr just, like, won't for some reason. So, like, that's my main eh on Jacobs is the pass work. Yeah, that they're not going to use him for both. Yeah, like, he should get plenty of rushing work, which, honestly, like, okay, you can, you could kind of maybe fairly make the same concern about Chubb in the sense of, like, Kareem Hunt, but he did, like, steal some passing work, but I'm more confident in, like, the Browns to get a lot out of Chubb with Stefanski than I am the Raiders to consistently use Jacobs. Also, Chubb is better. I think it's yeah. kind of given. He's, but... he's a little thicker mm-hmm. and a little, yeah, he's Chubb's real good. <laughs> yeah, but so I guess, yeah, that, I think I think Jacobs is kind of there with that group, but I'm kind of having him at the bottom of the group for me like a transition like maybe him and Fournette with each other, but after after all that, you kind of get into a man zone. There's like Miles Sanders, I like Lev Bell, Austin Eckler, or I said James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Singletary. Yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, I do really like Le'Veon Bell this year. It can't get worse. It really can't. He was <laughs> like... getting tackled three yards in the backfield like every play last year, and still was the running back 15 like he he had a really good year and people were shitting on him because he wasn't having the best year but the line was literally like the second worst in the nfl like it was so bad yeah 
He still got like 1,200 total yards. He just only had four touchdowns. And as I've said before, I do also think this is Le'Veon Bell's last year with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, and since he is on contract, like, they want him to do well this year. They, like, they bring in Gore. They have a couple other guys, but I think Bell is still the feature. And, like, if I'm at that sort of turn, I might take him just a bit early. Yeah, like, he's got a, He's going low. He's going, like, middle of the third right now. More or less. This is like half if- PPR, but... If you had, like, an early draft pick, so you get a top running back, and then you circle back around, and you're able to get somebody like Kenny Galladay, and then it's your turn in the third again, and you can grab Bell as, like, your RB2, I'm Mm -hmm. super about that. Yeah, so at the sixth spot, you could go, um, it depends how receivers fall, but you could go, like, either, like, Hawkins or, like, Mixon or Chubb, basically, and then go grab like Mike Evans, and then come back around and grab Bell. Mm-hmm. Like you can get a lot of good stuff in that kind of middle range, even if you can't get one of the top running backs. But it's interesting. So, like, so Eckler, talk to me about Austin Eckler and how you feel about him. Um, I don't want Eckler to be my RB one. I'll start with that. I agree. Like, if he's my RB1, I'm f- I think I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. I think he is great to have as a very solid RB2. Like, yeah. For, and, for probably most of the year. Yeah. Like, or, get... if, you're P- if you're full PPR, I think maybe if you have a strong, like, just pair of running backs, him and, like, someone else could be a good stable. But if it's, like, just half, it's a lot different for him. Yeah. I'm... <sighs> Like what? What if? What if you're at that like three, four? Like if what if you're at the turn, you like pick first. You grab. I guess if you grab McCaffrey, then you go like. Yeah, I guess the, where where you would grab Eckler, he's probably not your first running back. But like, what if you ended up with like Singletary and Eckler as your top two running backs? Like, how would you feel about that? Not good. Yeah, <laughs> I would feel not good. So like, yeah, if you had like that, let's say you you draft like eighth. So you grab, like, Devontae Adams or somebody because most of the running backs are gone. You take that top receiver. And then you're coming back around, and now you're sitting here, and you could take, like, it, it finally gets to you again around, like, 20. Like, where like where is Eckler anyway? Yeah, so it depends a lot. Like, the half PPR to full PPR is a huge difference. So in full PPR, he's at the 3-4 turn. Sorry, sorry. In half PPR, he's 3-4 turn. In full PPR, he's at the 1-2 turn. Like it's it's basically like is he end of the third or like early second for the difference on like half and full, which makes a lot of sense because of who he is as a player. But I don't feel right. confident even even if it's like a full PBR draft, I don't feel confident taking him there. No, yeah, like I wouldn't want to take a star receiver and then have him be my first running back off the board. Mm-hmm. Is basically like how I see it. I would yeah. want him to be my second back off the board. Yeah, like. So actually, this is kind of interesting. He and Kenyon Drake are going in very similar areas. Uh-huh. Um, how do you feel about Kenyon Drake? Like a lot of Kenyon Drake, man. Yeah, so he's kind of he is my guy. I'm like way high on purely out of like upside because <laughs> we saw him ball out at the end of last year, and in this card, this Cardinals offense, like the team got better, like. I don't see why they don't keep using him a bunch. Like, 
it's one of those things where we we saw him pop off some with Miami, but inconsistently so. And then we saw end of the year Drake get used a ton, do really well. And like one of this year, the only the only person they added was Eno Benjamin, who I do like, and I think is a good like late pick, you know, for some depth or something, or like take him at the end of a rookie draft. But like, as long as Drake stays healthy, he should be the RB one for a super potent offense. Right. So, I like, think he's. I like Drake's upside more than I like Eckler's. Drake's upside is like top five. Yeah. Like he could like. So if we assume like that top four, like CMC, Kamara, Zeke, Saquon, finish top four, like Drake could easily be that number five. <clears throat> Especially if you're in a PPR format. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in PPR, oh my God. Yeah, like Kenny Drake is someone who I think his upside is nuts. So like I, I would take him ahead of Miles Sanders, I'd say. I think he'll have uh I think he'll have more opportunities than Sanders will yeah, cause on the offense. The Eagles are like known offenders in committee usage <laughs> like they like peterson like has to use a committee otherwise he can't like sleep at night <laughs> you should have had another back mm-hmm. like like boston scott actually it might be a fun ppr pick this year for that reason like because who else is gonna get the ball there um if they have to use a committee more or less so true and he he looked kind of solid last year mm-hmm yeah, he had that one nutso game, and we were both super excited. But um, one other guy, James Conner. Like I said, why is he? He's going at, like, the 3-4 turn. Got to be injury, right? Yeah, that. And, like, because the Steelers are so bad last year. Like, there's still some of the stank there. I'm just, like, so – he's getting so disrespected. Like, he should not be going after Singletary. No Or, way. like, David Johnson. No, I mean, the fucking – the Bills just took Zach Moss, too. Like – who we know is going to probably eat into Singletary's touchdowns at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Same with Jalen. That's another thing about Singletary is Josh Allen will just take it in himself. Yeah. He's got two vultures there for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, James Conner, having Roethlisberger there will open up the run game significantly. Those lanes are going to be wide. Yeah. And, like uh, I think, yeah, I, I'm keeping him in my other league. I have him as a keeper. And I was kind of debating whether or not I would, but yeah, because if you can get him in, like in the late third or something, holy moly! Like the upside there is nuts for where you're getting him. Yeah, I mean, let me see where I'm keeping him at. Like, because if like if you whiff on a third round pick, like it's annoying, but like you you just you like you gotta not like totally fuck up your first two picks. But like if your third pick fucks up, like it's not like the end of the world. No, yeah, it's not like if you took someone in the second and they didn't help your team at all in mm-hmm. some way. <laughs> like, yeah, no, if I'm, you I'm take Connor for like a ninth, and I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely worth it. Yeah, if James Connor is player number thirty off the board or something, like that's worth the risk, like for sure. Like he's going at his floor, I think. Agreed. Yeah, like I would take James Connor over a couple guys probably but going before him. Would you take him over Melvin Gordon, who's the last guy I want to ask about? Oh yes. I don't. I have no fucking clue what's gonna happen with Gunther, man. I'm not betting on the Broncos. Like they're they're to me they're like the Chargers of previous years. On paper, they look like they should be fire, but <laughs> I'm just holding back expectations yeah. a bit. Lock, Lock looked okay last year, but like there's a, there's still a lot to go to feel like sure about him. Yeah, so he had one really good game and then one really mediocre game. 
if I remember correctly. And I think, I think that's going to be the tale of Locke is that he will be pretty inconsistent. Yeah, because he played, he only played like five games. So let me take a look right. here. So, uh, yeah, he struggled against the Chargers um, in his first game. It was sure. pretty solid against um, Houston. Struggled against Kansas City. Yeah, struggled against Kansas City. It was okay against Detroit and Oakland. They, I mean, he wasn't asked to pass a whole lot. He averaged like 30 attempts a game. Pretty much. Yeah, that's not that's not too many. Because yeah, attempts were twenty eight, twenty seven, forty against the Chiefs makes sense, and then thirty three, twenty eight. Um, like outside of the Chiefs game, he was actually pretty decent. Um, they they lost three to twenty three against the Chiefs. Like there was really fucking nothing they could do, and the Chiefs defense actually started coming on some at the end of the year. So they were just they were yeah, fucked in that say, game. End of the year, like the Chiefs defense put it together. Yeah, but that was their only <laughs> loss though. Like they won their other four games of them, and then like you know like Chargers. Like okay enough team and like Houston's they made the playoffs and more playoff game than Detroit and Oakland like not a murder is a row but like he went four and one so as much as like I'm not like a huge Drew Lock believer like he he showed enough to like at least get another year for sure absolutely so. I'm just in terms of like the running backs I don't know I don't know how good their line is um, yeah. they're kind of a mystery line to me. Uh, also, uh, his first name is actually Paul, apparently. Drew Locke. It's Paul huh. Andrew Locke. I like that better. Paul Locke? Dude, that's kind of dope. Yeah, I Paul like Paul Locke. Locke. Paul Locke? Paul Locke. It sounds like... Um, <laughs> Pollock. <laughs> what's like the Bob Blah Blah? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Blart. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, Paul Locke. Paul Locke. Yeah. Anyway... They um so looking at it, they they drafted two linemen they drafted uh Cushenberry, um, oh that's right Cushenberry. as like their backup to be their center they have they have one of the glass gals now as well um that's Grandpa. right they got Glasgow yeah Fucking stupid Detroit that was so, another reason I was mad at Detroit they let go a really like literally a top ten rated guard who's young mm-hmm. what yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get, getting Glasgow helped a lot and so. Because, like, Jawan James, like, had a down season last year, but he had been previously, like, pretty decent. So, their line, like, it's iffy, but they the line has a lot of upside on that right side. If, like, have, have, being next to Glasgow should help Jawan James out. But No, yeah, and that'll help the run game out a lot. I, I dude, I'll be honest, I forgot about that addition. And that's, yeah, that's, me too. That's a big addition. Yeah, and the Lions, they're using him too. <laughs> um, but, anyway, so, yeah. A lot of interesting running back stuff. Denver's an interesting team, but some other guys, like receivers especially. So Odell's going after Thielen. And I think, I don't know if it's half PPR or full PPR. Let me see. People are tired of being burnt on him. Let me see where Odell's going exactly. Odell, come play. He's not showing up on this one for some reason. But, um, yeah, he's like, okay, he's going like right at Thielen's spot pretty much. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see Odell um, doing worse than last year, right? He can't. Yeah, he so really he, can't. Because he's going in the middle of the third right now, and then, spoiler, dynasty, he's going uh, middle of like the second, pretty much, mm-hmm. like dynasty startup, which he was two years ago in consideration for first overall. Yo. So. I think he's a good grab in the second round of Dynasty too. Um, I mean, do you, th- do you think like I don't? I think he's kind of being drafted too late for being Odell Beckham Jr. 
it's it's such an uncertainty because like on the one hand if he puts it all together like and baker actually has the year we're all kind of hoping that he has like he is absolutely a steal there but if they continue to just kind of struggle or maybe they run the entire offense through the run game and chubb and hunt Mm -hmm. then he might still sort of just kind of lack targets and we're just going to end up seeing him get traded. Yeah, I said, like, how much like the last year uh, Vikings is it? Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. So, like, I could see, like, maybe, like, if you don't want to draft Odell, I get it, but I think in the third there, he's worth the risk for sure. But, like, yeah, at the same time, like, you could also you could also tell me I'm just gonna grab Landry and I'll be like okay cool I get it so yeah. just because if he's the Thielen role like I like I said it makes sense because and, and Landry himself let me see I don't know where he's going in he's going in like the sixth in redraft and then he's also going super late in a uh, dynasty he's like eighty he's going like eighty fifth overall in dynasty oof which would be like yeah the seventh. Pretty much like early seventh, if you like in twelve team dynasty startup. So, oh, oh, hot yeah. takes iron. Yeah, Jarvis Landry's a steal. That's like the hot take, I guess, because <laughs> if he's the field role. Anyway, um, I would see. I'm on board with that. I would rather not take Odell, wait and take Landry if I really wanted to do that, because then it that position of like the mid second, I could. I'd probably load up on running backs. I'd probably take another running back. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the opportunity costs a lot higher with Odell. Or well, that that's that's uh, dynasty star. Like so in uh in redraft he's going middle of third. So that would be like Lev Bell spot. Let me switch that over. Yeah, I'm on dynasty. Yeah. So like if it's Odell or Lev Bell, I would take Bell personally, and and <laughs> I would like to think that's not just because I'm a Jets fan, but it's it's a close one though for me. I'm pretty high on Bell, like mm-hmm. to do well this year. And having I to me the running backs are so few and far in between of talent. Like if you get caught in running back hell, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, but okay, so would you take Odell or Thielen though? I would still take Thielen. Really? I think I think I'd go up Dell. I Well like for me, who else like who else is that's, gonna be the, that's the thing? Like I get offense? it. Yeah. Like Thielen's gonna get peppered, like he should get peppered in targets. So, like, right. he's going to be – he's the safer option. I guess it's literally a matter of do you want – like, Thielen – like, I don't see Thielen busting unless he gets hurt, whereas Odell could be up and down. But I I don't – would you would you agree that Odell's ceiling is higher than Thielen's? Yes, his yeah. ceiling's higher. It's just that Thielen is, will be more, con, I think, consistently Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good. Like, they could end up with similar point totals, like, at the end of the year, but in very different paths. Sure, but yeah, you don't want to be in that position where like, oh, should I start this guy? He busted last week, so you sit him, and then he blows up, and then you put him in, and then he busts next week, and you're in like the Vincent Jackson syndrome where you don't know whether to start him <laughs> or not. Yeah, I do think Thielen, especially in PPR, is like a good pick though. Like I, like I said, I won't fight anyone like too much on Thielen or Odell, but I don't know. Like I, I, I that's one of the cases where I think he's going kind of at his floor. Is is the general point of the Odell thing? Would you rather have Cooper or Beckham? Uh, fuck. Does it, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Are they the same? Oh, <laughs> um, shit. That's a tough one. Disappears for some games. Yeah, I would take Cooper, but I'm probably higher on Cooper than a lot of people. Because, mm-hmm. like, 
Although, uh, like, Cooper Cup's going too high. He's going, like, early third. What I would, I would take Amari Cooper there and put Cooper Cup, like, back at near the later third. Yeah. Just because I'm not sure what the Rams are doing in general. And Cup was shaky to end last year. But, I don't know. Yeah, like, receiver gets, like, there's a lot of upside on these guys, but it gets tough. And that's kind of where I'm going next. Is like, so these, there's the fourth round for receivers is pretty fucking hilarious how, like, loaded it is. And this is why I'm going to load up on running back early. Because, like, back half of the fourth, I mean, like, I double check actually, this might be, yeah, so back half of the fourth, yep. uh, there's, so, like, there's DJ Moore, I guess maybe not back out of the fourth, but in the fourth, you can get DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, AJ Brown, Juju, Keenan Allen, like, a little later, there's Metcalf and Lockett. If you go a little earlier, you can get, like, Ridley, like, Tyler Lockett, yeah. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's going, like, the fifth. He's going after DK, actually, which is kind of wild. He was such a steal for me last year. It took him in, mm-hmm. like, the seventh or something. Where's like DJ Chark going? But yeah, like it, like Chark is kind of going in that area too. Like, would you want like yeah, like Lockett, Keenan Allen, Chark, Moore, like AJ Brown, like of that kind of group? Who are you feeling the most? Oh uh, well, I I mean Lockett's just great. He's money, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Lockett a lot. I like Juju to step up again this year. So yeah. I'm higher on Juju than most. I'm probably avoiding Diggs to be honest myself and then you've got dk too yeah. which would be so fun like if lockett is gone then i'm grabbing dk yeah but like and then i mean like keenan allen's tough because we don't know how charger's gonna be but he's really good then dj Moore, like how good is the teddy to more connection gonna be i think that's pretty good connection mm-hmm. that's like if there are if there's one receiver i want it's dj Moore because he's gonna be the king of just like completing Teddy's shorter passes. Yeah, I like I love that pairing, but I think Juju there too was nice because he was hurt last year, and then they had who at quarterback? Duck and Mason. Like those are the quarterback names that threw to Juju. Duck and Mason, or got, uh, even we call it Devlin, <laughs> Devlin and Mason. Like, dude, there's there's like good wide receivers all the way down the board, like yeah. all the way down here. It's 67, so like late sixth got scary terry <laughs> terry mclaurin who i would absolutely take especially in a dynasty kind of mm-hmm. capacity um yeah, he's but, going i think he's going earlier in dynasty but yeah he should because even if they change quarterbacks he's still talented they, yeah he did all that with their quarterbacks they had last year so. Oof. here's an interesting one how do you feel about numbers at <laughs> 60 aj green so <laughs> if aj green is like your five six turn pick like I don't hate it. <laughs> That's pretty great, right? Because you got to figure if they're going to do anything offensively with Joe Burrow, AJ Green will be at the helm of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would be. Let me see. I'm, I'm have to like do this out. Because yeah, that would be if you pick like if you're pretty much picking like first overall. So you go you go get McCaffrey, and then you come back, you grab like Fournette and Galladay, and then you're going to be like, okay, coming back, I'll grab. Actually, am I doing my math right? I don't know. Anyway, Green's going late enough that you don't have to rely on him that much. Like, if if you're fifth, sixth round guy busts, like, okay. Right. You've still got your foundation set with your first four picks, which are yeah. like your two top running backs and wide receivers mm-hmm. and tight end. You can, you can have Will Fuller in the eighth to rely on, you know. <laughs> which I love that, holy moly. For two games a year, you got it. He's yeah. going to win you those two games. Yeah, like Cooks is going 7th, 4th, going 8th. Like, one of those guys is going to get you a lot of points sometimes. 
sometimes not not all the time but sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. but so receivers deep this year it's i think it's the simple thing is running back running back receiver receiver it's probably what i'm gonna do most of my drafts but yeah. target those running backs mm-hmm. but next up we've got some tight ends so kittle and kelsey then i mean like the next consent the next like top three that's like the consensus is that like the group of like Ertz, Mandrews, Waller is the next three, which I think makes a lot of sense. I would put Ertz right below Kittle. Ertz is every year good, man. Because mm-hmm. people so, talk about like the Eagles target competition, but I'm like, is it really competition? Like, no, not not for Ertz. Ertz is just too ingrained in that game plan. He had a down year last year, but the Eagles offense just kind of struggled all around. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but yeah, yeah, I would take Ertz over Mandrews and Waller. And then you, I would, I, I mean, I like Ingram too. Yeah, after that, because the next it's like Ingram, Hunter Henry, I don't know who else, but yeah, like, yeah, see, yeah, Evan Ingram. People are taking Gronk kind of early. I think I think Gronk's gonna go way over drafted all the time, so I won't have any Gronk. Oh yeah. Screw and then people are like, like, is Hooper gonna be anything? It gets really rough after like Ingram and Henry. Gronk was a pretty unnecessary signing for them just gonna say it yeah he's not gonna he's gonna be annoying enough to kill other value but he's not gonna do enough to have his own value yep i think fucked it up for everybody (laughs) damn it rob (laughs) i i think he'll be pretty inconsistent like i think yeah he's gonna have some games where he looks like gronk and then there will be some games where he's just a blocker because the Mm -hmm. line is not good yep but uh yeah that's probably the brought him in to just block a lot um blockinson Anyway, so later, guys, though, um, I guess I'll, any interest in TJ Hawkinson at basically the end of the draft? Oh, yeah. Like redraft-wise, yeah. This but, is year two tight end. Like, this is – he's getting way undervalued. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Like, Joni Smith also going super late. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. We, we both have shared luck for Hayden Hurst because Hooper's gone and Hurst comes in. Uh, Freeman's gone. Gurley comes in. Like – the tart they, they they passed a lot last year, and I assume they're going to also continue to pass a lot this year. Maybe not in such an absurd rate, but like there's a lot of targets to go around. And aside from like Julio and Ridley, like no one's really demanding targets. So Hurst has a good opportunity to do a lot. I think he's got a good floor. I don't think he's as talented as Hooper, so I no. wouldn't expect Hooper's numbers. But I think he's going to be pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's definitely someone to get super cheap who could be fine for you. Mike Gusecki is pretty interesting. Um, totally. A lot of his good games came when Preston went down, but like it's Preston, Parker, and Gusecki to pass two, and that is it. So That's a good trio. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a trio. It's like a, it's a very interesting trio. Like I don't know. It's just, it's so, it just feels so random. Anyway, there's like Tyler Higby, you know, is, is he going to continue going nuts from last year? Like I think that's worth a tenth round pick because you'll know. Thing is with Higby, you'll know really quickly if you nailed it or not. That's true. Like I'm totally fine, just like like kind of like not whiffing, but like just not touching tight end and just grabbing Higby late and then being like, I'll know right away if this was a great pick or not, and then <laughs> you can go grab someone else and figure it out the rest of the year like most of the league will do so See, that's what i'm gonna do but with chris herndon i'm gonna let him drop <laughs> off at the end, take him in the 10th and he's the number one tight end in the league <laughs> I, I forgot about chris herndon i'll admit 
I mean, yeah, he missed all of last year with injury, mm -hmm. but his rookie year as a tight end was pretty damn good. Yeah, it was impressive. But, yeah, tight end, it's, tight end's tough. There's a little more this year than it felt like last year, I think. But, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by Hunter Henry from from Tyrod. Like, that connection could be interesting. I'm worried yeah. about I'm worried about Waller because they have a lot more options this year, and then adding Witten might vulture it even more. I think Witten is a blocker. I don't know. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of passes. Yeah. I, I don't but, think yeah, so, but I, I think it'll be enough to be annoying for Waller. Yeah. Like, his touchdowns were super down last year, but I don't, like... They keep they get unlucky, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to, like, spike out this year by any means because they have so many more weapons now, so... Like, I definitely wouldn't take Waller as the fifth tight end. I would take him probably after Henry and Hooper, personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how do you feel about Hooper, actually? <sighs> Hooper's so talented, um, and I got I really like what potential connection he can have with Baker. So I get, for me, that's just sort of... Where, like, where, where would you take Hooper and feel okay about it? Like, seventh, eighth? It's like, if, in my order, like, if you had... Kittle and Kelsey and for me Mandrews Ertz and then probably Henry Engram. Then you I've right there you've got like Gronk, Waller and Hooper. I would probably take Hooper first. Gotcha. Of those three. Yeah, but that'd be like what round? Like seven, I think, maybe. Eight, something like that. That's looking Eight. like yeah, seventh seventh round. Yeah, I mean like if if I'm in the eighth and Hooper's there. And it's like, man, do you want Julian Edelman or Austin Hooper? And I'll probably be like, I guess Austin Hooper. But Yeah, I would do that. Well, I also don't love Edelman this yeah. year. Also, random ass thing. Matt Burita and Jordan Howard as the Dolphins' backfield. Thoughts? Oh, God. <laughs> I just realized, like, they added no one in the draft. And it's literally just those two. Yeah, everyone thought they were going to draft a running back. But they didn't. And they did not. Matt, you know, you got to like Matt Breida because they traded for him. Yeah, like I'm, like Matt Breida's going in the eighth. I'm like, he he's someone I would reach on because we've seen some of his upside. Obviously, the thing is he hasn't stayed very healthy. But that, I mean, I, I would I'll definitely say like if he's going in the eighth, I'll like if I'm like late seventh, I'll reach on him like a little bit. He's a great dude to take in a later round um, that I think can really help your team out, Matt Breida. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't love Jordan Howard. He's gonna vulture touchdowns, but he's a I don't know, he's a downhill kind of runner, and I think that they're gonna spread it around a lot more with Brita. Yeah, and also one thing about Brita is he has enough love in the fantasy community that he'll maintain trade value. I think as long as he's healthy. Oh yeah, he like, was great for people. Yeah, if he has like two solid games start the year, like you could probably get a lot out of Matt Burita if you don't feel confident to continue going. But like, like there are guys like people like the fantasy community just likes and doesn't like Burita's one that people generally like, and you can maybe parlay him if he starts well. But anyway, um, so I, I, we'll go to Dynasty ADP a little bit first. Um, we won't take too long on it. There are some guys I think are kind of being underdrafted a bit we went off of fantasydata.com for this um so i mentioned odell going middle of the second james connor is going pretty late still he is going um also late third in dynasty uh jonathan taylor is going at uh 66 overall that's too late for me 
that's way yeah, too late. That's middle of the uh, fifth there. I like if I was building Early, like six. strong running backs, I would take him fourth, fifth round. I'm being honest. Yeah, he's going like middle of the sixth right now. So because I think he's the number one back there for the Colts, like de facto, and they fucking their line is gonna just like give him so many lanes. Yeah, because that's like what I did. Like when I took like. I think I took Chubb at that like four or five turn uh, in our startup. And I'm like, no, he doesn't have the opportunity yet, but he's really good. And like, it's only a matter of time. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. Like, it's like kind of banking on with him. He's like, the talent and just kind of wait a little bit. Don't wait long. It's worth the wait. Yep. Um, they they say take the take the talent, yep. not the situation, right? Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll eventually, if they're good enough, they'll find the right situation. And like, in Dynasty, you like, you want to look. You don't want to look too far ahead. Like, it's like a three-year window. It, like, this is my take. At least. Like, I think a three-year window is going to look. But you don't want to be like too redraft-minded. Like, you got to be a little patient. Like, you may have to wait half a year, a year on these guys to really get their shot. But like, it's totally worth waiting a year on someone, said like Chubb, or like in this case, Jonathan Taylor, instead of like taking someone. Like you know, maybe like you're thinking like Acres, who's in a good situation, but not as like, not as talented. Like in a couple of years, you may be like, oh fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking Taylor's a rookie too, so yeah. you're talking about the youngest possible. he's going where? Sixty-six. That's absurd to me. Yeah, I mean, Edwards Hilaire's going at fifty. Yeah. So like, Sony Michelle's going like a smidgen after him for some reason. For some reason. Yeah, and like Robert Woods is going like a little before him, like yeah, like Chase Claypool's going before him. What? Yeah, Chase Claypool's like one of my reaches. He's going like 59th overall, basically. Like that's dumb. He I might think. not even be on the team, dude. Like we, <laughs> like he, he has like barely play. Right. So I don't, I don't get that one at all. But um, and then like more running backs, like Kenny Drake's going a little later that round. Dobbins is going like 74 overall almost. Like Drake's going 70 overall. Which I understand that Drake, if you're thinking like short term, but they did. Um, can't remember what it is with him. They like the way his deal was. It like makes it seem like they're going to sign him longer. But um, like Dobbins, obviously, pretty high pick in general. Good team. Just got to wait a little bit. Like Landry's going pretty late. He's 85 overall. Uh, DeAndre Swift, great talent, rough situation. Um, going 99 overall, super late. So. That's a chance. That's a thing where I'm okay with being like city situation, but like pretty good running back to the chance on. And then like going a little later, got some receivers like Judy going like 106 overall, or like Slayton going 111. Which Jerry Slayton, I can t- I get if you like you're mint on him, um, but I think it's worth a shot at that point. But yeah, Jerry Judy going way too late, and like Preston Williams and Deontay Johnson going like 124, 125. Like that's pretty late. Yeah. Even like, David Preston, Johnson. Preston Williams, my God. Yeah, like even David Johnson's going like 103 overall. Like that's worth that risk, I'd say at that point. Yeah, I mean, you you might figure you only get a few years out of him, but yeah, you, you can't be too patient in Dynasty. Like you have to have patience, absolutely, but you can't be too patient. Otherwise, your players peak at off times, and your team's never cohesive. Yeah, that's one of the things where you take you know Jonathan Taylor and wait a little bit but then a couple rounds later you take David Johnson who has a shot to be useful for right now maybe not much more than a year but by the time he's done you're like okay now I've got Jonathan Taylor like you can kind of bridge the gap there at least 
And maybe you trade David Johnson, who knows? But and then yeah, like Naheem Hines is going super late. Like Tyler Higby's going really late. There's a guys who I think have an upside that like should be going sooner. So yeah, Preston Williams is going super late. Like Julian Edelman's going ninety third. And like plus <laughs> he's thirty three on yeah. a team with, no, with to me no quarterback. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a rough sell for me. That's a tough one. I'll say that's probably too high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's let me see who's going like around him. I see Christian Kirk going a little before him, that makes sense. Um AJ Green I I would take AJ Green over Julian Edelman, I think. I would too. His upside's got to be way higher. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, and like I said, DeAndre Swift's going after him, so. And he didn't have to play for a whole year. Like, he's got to be refreshed, right? Yeah, now. that's the thing. Everyone's like, <laughs> I think for someone who was in their 30s, that's like a plus. Yeah, man. He he got to miss year 30. Now he's 31. He had yeah. a year fresh. <laughs> Wide receivers can play till they're like 35, 36. Yeah, like AJ Green's good enough to play till he's 35. And like, oh, yeah new quarterback anyway so like yeah like he's being taken after jeffrey in this one and i'm like are you kidding yeah i would absolutely take green over alshon jeffrey like green's definitely has like two or three more useful year like useful useful years left for sure so for sure and like the thing with him is if like if it is a turd of a pick like i said you know right away that's one of the things i like to look for and like some of like the riskier picks it's like how soon will i know if this is good or bad yeah, it sucks when you take somebody and you wait the entire season to see if they turn it on yeah. and they don't, and that that really sucks. Yeah, which that matters a little more in redraft and dynasty, but like, yeah, like AJ Green, like it's fine on him in redraft for the sense of like I'll know like week one or two if it was a good pick or not. <laughs> <laughs> but some going back, some like guys I met on dynasty at their price. I think they're going overdraft. So we mentioned Claypool, a uh, couple running backs, Aaron Jones at twenty four and Melvin Gordon at twenty five overall. That seems too high. Um, you, don't, you don't like Aaron Jones? I he this is his. I assume last year with the Packers, and like he, he how many touchdowns did this motherfucker have last year? Like, Jeez, like all of them. He had all of the touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, like because he's going before like Mari Cooper is the thing, and he and he and George Kittle are at the same spot. And then, Expecting like, some regression from Jones touchdown yeah. wise. And like Melvin and Gordon, get... I just don't know what to expect. Yeah, me neither. And they just took AJ Dillon. In the yeah, that's the thing. I thought I'm worried about like him long term because this is his last year under contract. And like, I mean, he's good, but like, it's I have no clue what he's going to be after this year, and even this year, like how valuable he's going to be. Like, it's t- it's tough to say, hey, take Aaron Jones or Melvin Gordon over Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett. Like, that's going to be a tough sell for me. So. And then I think uh, Dave Montgomery is going like 32 overall. Um, yeah, I'll take. I just don't. I don't think he's good enough on a Met team to hold on. Be like, okay, this team has this running back that I don't think is that great for like two or three more years, and this team's not that great. Like, give me, give me Tyler Boyd or DJ Chark instead. Yeah, don't or give Lev me Bell, the- even. Don't give me the running back of a meh offense. <laughs> yes, yeah, thing. And if you are going to do that, just take Love Bell instead. Right. <laughs> but yeah, and then as far as position wise, Josh Allen is going quarterback six overall. Woof. Like he's going ahead of 
Actually, he's going like he and Dak are neck and neck. Okay. And he's going ahead of Rodgers, Wentz, Mayfield, Ryan. Like I get that Jalen has been good fantasy wise, like rushing wise, but I don't, I don't. It just doesn't. It just feels weird. Like I looking at who's behind him, like it makes sense, but like I definitely would not do that. I would take Dak over Josh Allen every draft. And they're going like about the same spot, like within a pick of each other. But like, thing is, like, what I want Aaron Rodgers, what I want Wentz, what I want Baker, maybe even Matt I think, Ryan. I say I think I would take many of these guys over Josh Allen. I would take Baker over him too. Yeah, like I might be biased, but like, if I'm if I'm building like okay in the next like, but like I'm building some of the future, but I want to be competitive as well. Like I want to be competitive kind of right away in this league. I'll be like okay, like give me. Matt Ryan. Heck, okay, like, I would... Hey, this is kind of an underdraft. I think Jared Goff's going way too late, honestly. He should be ahead of Cousins. He's 25. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> and, like, even last year when the team was rough, he was still passing a lot. And I don't I don't think the team's issue is Goff, really, so... No. But, no, I mean, him and McVay clearly can make some magic happen out there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at that pick where Jalen is going, so he's going around pick 74, um, you are you might be passing up on, like, Dobbins or Mike Williams or, like I said, C.D. Lamb, Jarvis Landry, so, Hawkinson, so. That's the cost of that, too. And then, this is one of those things where it's not, it probably isn't too high, but Godwin being wide receiver five just feels odd. Like, it feels like he's jumped too quickly. Yeah, I mean, he had an amazing year last year, and it'll certainly he'll do well with Brady too. But mm-hmm. you know, we like to overhype things. <laughs> yeah, I, like I don't, I don't necessarily. This isn't like a dislike, but like I said, him going over Adele and Dynasty feels a lot. Eh, but I mean, I get it. Um, I might be so I might be too high on Adele still, but Godwin is going at a ceiling everywhere currently, and that's like that's one of my issues. It's like I probably won't get much of him because he's going at a ceiling. Like I usually avoid that. Which is yeah, like something I know that you like to look at is like is a player being drafted at their floor, or their ceiling, mm-hmm. like, and that's a really good thing to look at because if someone's being drafted at their ceiling, it means they're not like this is if they have the best season possible, this is where you should be taking. Yeah, them. the like the payoff of Godwin there is like because okay because like the guys ahead of him thomas hopkins adams tyreek and then like right behind him julio mike evans like you assume he's gonna kind of finish like you're hoping he's finishing in the top elite tier of receivers when you pick him there and like you can't do better than finishing in that top elite tier of receivers is like the thing right. and like and like yeah if you're all in on it and that's the guy that you really think is gonna do it then fuck it but a lot of times those kind of drafts are reactionary to last year Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have enough of Chris Godwin. Like, I think he's really good. Like, I agree that he's good, but I don't think we have enough to be like he should go here. Like, I wouldn't take Godwin over Mike Evans. No way. Yeah, I would take like that's the, like Mike Evans is getting so much shit. <laughs> like right now, Mike <laughs> Evans. I'm pretty sure is the only guy ever in the history of football to start his career with six consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Mike Evans might be, like, honestly might be the best receiver in the league. We just don't know it because <laughs> he can't show it. <laughs> well, like, okay, here's the thing. Because he's had Jameis, who helps him fantasy-wise, but, like, what if, so like, like, 
But he like he has Tom Brady now. Like everyone's like, oh, he's gonna help Godwin. But like, what if it helps Mike Evans a shitload? Of like, course it will. And Mike Evans is twenty six still. He's twenty six. Be... Yeah, he'll be twenty seven <laughs> when the season starts. But he's still like super young. He's still so fucking crazy. He's dude. never like... had below a thousand yards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what else can you ask for? That's the thing. Yeah, no, I mean, that just baffles me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I get Godwin was better last year, but Mike Evans also missed three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's think Mike Evans had uh, 1,150 receiving yards in 13 games. And we should look and see. I bet there's a stat of how many of Jameis's intercepted passes were going towards Evans and were just poorly oh, thrown. I, I guarantee a lot. <laughs> 30 picks. And I'm sure half of the ones like didn't even get caught that should have been intercepted. Mm, yeah, so Mike Evans is getting not just respected, but like you're at receiver seven. And then let me see overall. He's going, he's going like around like 13, 14 overall. Like, he's going around... He's pretty much going, like, right before Mixon. So. Which, yeah, I mean, Mixon's a super boomer bust. Yeah, they, like, Evans is a way safer pick than Mixon, so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and then, one last side note, like, Lamar and Mahomes are going too high in single quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a general, like, just know your league style. Because, like, with Mahomes, you can get... With Mahomes, you'd be getting like Mahomes and like John Ross, whereas if you got a receiver there, you'd get like Kenny Galladay and then Joe Burrow later at the same spot. So like that's kind of a trade off for it. Or even like with Lamar, you get like you get like Burrow and Amari Cooper instead of like Lamar and like John Ross. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, unless your league has some kind of rules where your quarterback can earn just a ridiculous amount of points, like Mahomes can take advantage of, mm-hmm. it's not super worth it to take a quarterback that early because the drop off like let's say you take Mahomes instead of later getting like Russell Wilson or something right mm. the drop off in points from Mahomes to Wilson is literally negligible yeah and... <laughs> at least for like one quarter like if it's super flex go ahead and take Mahomes first overall go for it like we kind of did <laughs> well yeah because then you need two yeah and, yeah and like dude that's so we talked about the vampire league we're in that rewards big plays. So, like of course we super flex big play at Mahomes, but in a single quarterback normal league, it's not worth it to grab him second round. Right. But yeah, moving on to the last little kind of just note I guess to go over is um, the off season. So the fantasy impact of how the off season's gone with coronavirus throwing everything out of that. So last time we had. Um, a shortened season and kind of messed up off season was the CBA holdout a while ago. Um, and we saw huge passing numbers from that. Um, the difference is we just have an off season where no one can really like practice or meet up instead of like a late start. Well, we got to hope it starts on time. We may have a late start, but you get the gist. It's a little different, but kind of similar thing where it's a bunch of fuckery and then the season just pop starts. So, which is really important because I remember a similar thing happening a few years ago where teams, I don't remember what happened, but teams basically couldn't practice for a while. And the year started off really slowly and teams didn't look good until literally like week eight. Mm-hmm. Like the first half of the season was almost preseason. <laughs> like teams just didn't look right. It took a long time for the ships to get right, as they say. Yeah, let's see the twenty. It was twenty eleven season that had the strike, that was shortened. 
Walker. Started late at Colorado was. Or was it 2012 season? Hold on. Because the CBA is a 2011 CBA. Let me check. But, okay. Yeah, it was it was it was a fucked up offseason, basically. And that, it has a huge fantasy impact. It, for me, that means take safer players on teams you know have their shit together. Yeah. But let's see. So yeah, so the the offseason pretty much got fucked up, and um, there were huge passing numbers. Let me look up twenty eleven. NFL stats because I think that was the year Matthew Stafford went bonkers maybe that sounds right 2011 yeah Matthew Stafford went bonkers that year he had that 5,000 yard year 5,000 yeah yards. three three guys so Breeze had almost 5,500 Brady had 52,35 Stafford over 5,000 <laughs> Eli Manning almost hit 5,000 like <laughs> there were, what does that tell you yeah it was a not so passing year um I'm not saying like we will have that again but it's a thing where the the, def- the defense is gonna be sloppy to start. Yes, exactly. Boom. So, so I, I, we have like one to go off of, and it was a not so passing year. So I'd say maybe maybe not expect was, that, but like if if something goes out of whack, like it would be you know passing going nuts. I think it takes. There's like a little less cohesion, so a lot of the like the additions to teams aren't at like i would be wary of new team additions yeah like, like as we were talking about earlier like aside from sanders and hopkins like i'm really kind of off of team switches exactly so and that's even more prominent when you have something like this they don't get the cohesion with the team it takes teams longer to get things rolling and overall things are a little bit sloppier mm-hmm. and yeah like 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 i said redraft it's kind of the rookies will probably have slower starts in redraft because of this yep so yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see like how it goes like i think it will just be sloppy in general it may be a thing where we see more like big plays kind of thing i don't know but broken more, down plays. yeah more turnovers penalties a lot of that lots of like that early on i think so the seahawks are going to win a lot of games a <laughs> lot, lot of raider losses then if penalties are there. <laughs> oh my god yeah get ready for penalties mm-hmm but, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it all starts on time. But, like I said, offseason's a little messed up. So, tie break in favor of that, I guess, when you're when you're drafting. Yeah, I'm super excited, though. It should be a really good season. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just miss sports a lot. Come back. <laughs> Baby, come back. <laughs> Roger Goodell, I won't shit on you as much, I promise. <laughs> just, like, a little bit. I mean, yeah. it, like, still a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little, but Obviously. less. <laughs> oh man but anyway thank you all for tuning in to uh mozzie and the muscle uh we will be back sometime kind of i guess in the near future with yeah. uh some more of the ball talk with our our podcast we've been socially distancing this podcast for several years now just wanted to throw that one out there yep <laughs> but you've always done this remotely so now we're just responsible right yeah <laughs> responsible human beings with our post-draft ruminations mm-hmm yeah, you usually don't want to ruminate, but when it's about shit on the Eagles, it's okay to ruminate. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for joining us, and we'll uh, see you guys next time.